California has not filed its financials, its audited financials for the last three years. It's the only state in the nation that hasn't done that. And uh, the reason why they haven't done it is because they've been lying about their money. They have set up fake mortgage companies with fake signatories that's been validated by handwriting experts. And they have overpriced real estate, like what I, like I, what I said happened in Yavapai County in Prescott. And then they skim the money off and they use it to go towards lawyers running for judges that they can later control so there's never a successful election fraud case. It goes for key members of the Arizona legislature. It goes for people in state government. In fact, Are you tired of a slow metabolism and diets that are hard to follow? Then you haven't tried Acaria Lean Belly Juice. A recent discovery by the University of Alberta found that all overweight people have high levels of toxic lipid molecules called ceramides. These foreign compounds cause toxic fat to accumulate around your organs, including your liver, pancreas, heart, and arteries. When these vital organs are clogged with fat, your metabolism slows to a crawl. Your body switches to starvation mode, which is when you store even more fat. The good news is there is a way to target ceramides and dissolve dangerous fat from around your organs fast, turning your body into a calorie-burning, fat-melting machine. The Lean Belly Juice does this and more. You will see a faster metabolism, increased energy, much less cravings, and healthier digestion. Learn how you can order today and save 70%. And if you're not 100% satisfied, there's a full money-back guarantee. So don't wait and order today and watch your fat melt away. Use the link below or go to sarahwestall.com under shop. That's sarahwestall.com under shop. Welcome to Business Game Changers. I'm Sarah Westall. I have Paul Preston and Dave Hodges coming to the program. I wanted to talk to them about the new California project. What's going on in California? They have 46 out of 58 counties completely on board from what he's telling me and 56 out of 58 counties restructured to create a new California state. And he's going to talk about that. They've, they've been talking to Congress about it. He believes that they have the backing. I don't know if it's true or not, but it sure seems like the momentum is there. And California is the only state in the country that hasn't disclosed their financials for the last three years. People think that they are in insolvent. It's very interesting. How does a state not do that? And where? how are they keeping their solvency? So there's something very strange going on in California. He also talks about how he thinks that Joe Biden only had 4 million votes to, I think he said something like uh, 14 million for Trump and 4 million for Biden. And Trump should have won. He talks about that. And they claim that they have the evidence that the Dominion machines were flipped. He's going to talk about all sorts of kind of bombshells going on that they've been talking about. They're fighting all this stuff in court. And then Dave Hodges is going to talk about Arizona, which is another nightmare area that is completely corrupted. And he's talking about the Breger report that is shows the cartel corruption in 26 states and all the details, 120,000 page document report on what's going on with politicians and officials being bribed by the cartel and how that is underlying a lot of the election fraud going on in the country. And so they're both going to talk about that. It's uh, an explosive report here. So I hope you listen to the whole thing. And then I got to tell you, I just started my new Twitter account 
as of today, I have maybe like one follower. I don't know. It's Sarah underscore Westall. I'll have the link below. Please follow me. I couldn't get my account reinstated. So I just created a new one and I'm hoping they don't kick that off. I don't understand. I don't know what posts I did. That's so much worse than anybody else that's on there. If it's a freedom of speech platform. So I said, okay, I'm just going to create my own one. I'm sick of fighting for this. I'm starting with, started with zero followers and then John Paul Rice was the first one that followed me. So I had one and then I had to get jump on my show here. So I don't know how many followers I have now by the time this thing airs, but please consider following me. The link is below. I'm trying to grow that back to something reasonable. So I would appreciate it. And then also subscribe to the platform you're listening to this on. I appreciate that as well. And uh, Substack, sarahwestall.substack.com and sarahwestall.com and support my affiliates. That's how I keep the show going. So let's get into this uh, really interesting conversation with Dave Hodges and Paul Preston. Hi, Paul and Dave. Welcome back to the show. Hi. Good. Nice to be here. Same here. Well, okay. Paul, you have a really important initiative and you guys have a really important initiative that you're starting in Arizona, but you have one going on in, in California, the two California project, and then you're going to start something or you already have, I don't know. I want to hear about it, what you're going to do in Arizona, but can you explain what your project is? Sure. Um, what we've done is we've declared the state of California a state in constitutional default. In other words, they're not providing uh, the, the major elements of the guarantee clause found in Article 4, Section 4 of the Constitution, which means that in Article 4, Section 4, there are three clauses. The first one is that the state has to provide, and so does the United States to the state, uh, has to provide a Republican form of government, which is a representative form of government. It's a deep discussion, of course, but also they um, are failing to provide us uh, freedom from invasion. Um, we're being invaded, openly invaded. In fact, the government's taking part in it. And the other element, of course, is freedom from domestic violence, and they're not providing those three elements. So when we determined this really about uh, 10, 11 years ago, uh, we started pursuing it in earnest about seven years ago, the idea of statehood. Um, and what happened, we took a look at what happened in West Virginia at the time uh, of the Civil War, and we realized that we were pretty much in the same position here, that California as a state had turned itself into a totalitarian communist regime. And uh, by, re re by reverse engineering the constitution. And so uh, when we saw that and realized that we said there's only one way in which you can change this, and that is to form a new state, which is exactly what the founding fathers put article four, section three in uh, the constitution for, which is that's known as the new state clause. And Article 4, Section 4 is known as the Guarantee Clause. So if you're going to form a state, you have to guarantee to your people, get it, by Article 4, Section 4, which is those three elements, uh, Republican form of government, freedom from invasion, and freedom from domestic violence. So we started in earnest and, uh, about uh, seven years ago, pulling it together. We started with the Jefferson Movement first and migrated to our own movement, which was a constitutional movement by using and utilizing the uh, assembly or the how the california state legislature and uh, we built and built and built and finally we got to about 56 counties of the 58 counties either whole or part of the county which means that uh, we looked at the state of california and said uh, where do all the population bases live and we you know because we had 40 million people and when we looked at it we realized that um 
40 to 20 million lived in the urbanized areas of Los Angeles, San Francisco, and Sacramento, and the other 20 million lived in 90% of the population of rural of California. So New California is the rural area of California with 20 million people. The urbanized area is actually the state of California, what remains of it from a, a standpoint of, uh, of landmass. But population, you know, is still one of the biggest uh, states in the nation at 20 million. So uh, that started really in earnest by January 15, 2018, when we actually declared independence. Following the founding fathers' prescriptions to, to do these things, we declared independence from the state of California. And from that, we read 190 grievances as to why we should be leaving the state of California. And then after that, we read another 10 uh, uh, documents of, of truth. And then we put out a whole thing about statements of defaults. We actually have nine statements of default so far. Next week, we're going to read our, we are going to read our 10th statement of default. We formed a government. We've had 11 constitutional conventions. Um, we've had uh, four lawsuits, four major lawsuits. In fact, uh, four uh, lost a lawsuit or actually a filing with the Supreme Court amicus brief. And then we now have an amicus brief with the Brunson brothers uh, moving forward to get some finality to what happened on, on January 6th. But uh, we're suing the state of California. We've done that twice. This is the second suit we have against Gavin Newsom and Shirley Weber and the County of Sacramento at this point for election fraud. And this will be very fruitful, especially now just recently with the settlement that turned out with uh, Dominion and with um, Fox News. And now just yesterday, even with uh, Sonny Borelli coming out and saying the state of Nevada, excuse me, the state of Arizona is not gonna recognize any electronic voting in the 2024 election. Yeah, Paul, I wanna interject something on that point because that's not being represented accurately. And I wished it was. It's kind of like Wendy Rogers claiming 37 attorney generals are going to decertify the 2020 election. Sonny Brelli is correct. Both in the House and Senate of Arizona, they passed a resolution said, no, 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 no. You're not going to use voting machines right. in the primary way. But, but this does not have the force of law. The governor has not been offered the chance to veto it or sign it into law and she'll veto it and they don't have the margin to overcome a veto. So Sonny Borelli's letter, although I think well-intentioned, is more grandstanding than political reality. It just shows, and let me put it this way, I'm glad he did it because it raises awareness, but nothing's going to come of it. Hmm. Well, it, the announcement that I got was that they actually had overridden the veto. No, um, there's been no veto. Okay, well, that the, was what I read. It 31 to 20. And both houses combined, I think it passed by collecting three votes. That's not enough to overcome a veto. All the Democrats voted against it. Right, right. Well, anyway, with, with our situation, we're moving forward as a statehood right now in uh, California. And we're moving with a, a really a, a great deal of intensity. And uh, as a result of our conventions and our moving forward and doing the things we're doing and uh, making contact in, in every one of the counties, uh, what we've ended up doing now is moving on to Congress. And so we went to Congress with uh, three representatives in January and February, and uh, we actually communicated uh, with uh, Kevin McCarthy's office and delivered papers to Kevin McCarthy's office for statehoods. And it's the first time that's been done since 1861 um, with the state split clause. It has been done with subsequent states, of course, but they were territories at the time. 
And I do want to say one thing to the audience, and uh, one thing that we want to talk about is, is that this has been done 50 times before statehood has been done 50 times before. It's not impossible. And that's what we get all the time. It's just impossible. They'll never do it. But um, with the economic downturn that we see right now, um, we see that this is going to be a huge, huge opportunity. We think that probably in 11 months, uh, we will achieve statehood status. Okay, well, let me yeah. ask you, how many of the counties are, you said 56 out of the 58, are 56 counties in support of this? Yeah, we have, well, we have representation and representatives and chartered 56, either whole or part of the counties. As an example, Los Angeles, we, we're not taking all of Los Angeles, we're taking only the rural area of Los Angeles, which is the northern part. The uh, urbanized area stays as part of California. But uh, we developed and chartered 56 of the 58 counties. Uh, we have representation, strong representation in 48 of those counties. The rest of them, because of coming and going, I mean, people moving in or people moving out, and then we have to refill and people moving out again. Um, that's a that's a problem for us. But uh, we think that by the time when this is all settled out, we'll be completely filled with all of our offices. A uh, couple of one of the things that's most unique about what we're doing is uh, we are um, making sure that every county has a senator in it. And that is a very important concept because what happened in 1964, court decision Reynolds versus Sims, is that the uh, court found that senators, state senators anyway, should represent people, not, you know, <laughs> they said, not trees, not the ground, not the earth. Um, and of course, what really senators in the states are supposed to do is represent just that, that whatever is sovereign and whatever functions go on totally in a county is what they represent. So in other words, they represent the district attorneys and the sheriffs and um, education. You have a county board of education. They represent commerce. They represent the natural resources and, and farmers and things like that. That's the body that they represent. It's the same as what you find in um, the same sort of thing that you find in the Senate of the U.S. Senate in that every state has two senators assigned to it. They, they represent the resources, the people, just exactly as the state would. But that decision... Reynolds versus Sims in 1964 did away with that. And what they did was they, they said that um, that they will only represent people, that senators should only represent people. And of course, you have an assembly or a house of representatives in most states, and they represent the people. So you can see that what happened was that the, they changed the boundaries and they said that senators will no longer represent counties. They'll represent districts with people. Well, that's the same thing as a, uh, what the House of Representatives is. So what they've conceived of actually done is they've uh, created a unicameral or monoparty system um, in which you have uh, no representation by Senator really. Bicameralism is dead in most of the states. And so we're gonna restore that. And that's a direct result of uh, Reynolds versus Sims. So this is, a, this is our quest. We're getting pretty close. We're pretty excited about it. Okay, so- Yeah, I, I, I have an update. We, I want to like talk to you, Dave, too. I want to talk to you about Arizona, but I have one more question about California. Um, is What do you need in order for it to pass? Well, what we need at this point in time um, is we'll, we'll need the Congress collectively. We'll need the House of Representatives, and then we'll need the Senate uh, to confirm that. And it's a simple majority vote. It does not have to go to a, a big, huge thing. Uh, we are... Uh, real confident that we're gonna, that's going to happen. I'll tell you why. Because why California's, in the Senate? 
Because I could see in this Congress, but why will the Senate do it when you don't when they don't have? Um... It, Go ahead. It's an economic thing, and we've already calculated this. That, and that's why we're here right now and doing what we're doing in this present time. Because the, as you know, the U.S. economy is tanking like crazy. The yeah. worldwide economy is. We've known this. We predicted this years ago, years out, about seven, eight years ago. Chris Street, our chief financial expert, he's also our CEO, um, has been working this number for a long time. And everybody wants him because he's been telling everybody about it, that this is going to happen. Now it's happened. California finds itself in a situation where technically they're out of cash. So uh, what's going to fund California? Um, California is first going to look to the federal government and say, can you give us about 200 uh, maybe maybe two hundred billion dollars, and the government's going to say no, they can't because they don't have the cash. And uh, so what's going to happen is we're going to step up and create a create a free market opportunity for people to start to regrow the economy in California. California has not filed its financials, its audited financials for the last three years. It's the only state in the nation that hasn't done that. And uh, the reason why they haven't done it is because they've been lying about their money. And, um, of course, this has thrown everything into a, a tailspin. So we, we think that the Senate, the, the U.S. Senate, will realize that their county, their states, don't want to pay the freight of California's debt. So we will help old California get out of debt and pay its due to the national government. Now, we'll, we'll assume 50% of it because we're 50% of the population. So for us to go and help to rebuild California under a new Constitution, everything will be different than it is right now. Um, it'll be basically our way. So when we do that, uh, it'll be, um, you know, I think very appealing to the rest of the Senate to do that. But the other thing, too, is California has always led the nation out of recessions and out of depressions in every turn of ever since uh, 1850. And of course, 1850 was a banner year for the United States. It was in 1850 that they had gotten so much gold out of the California gold fields that the United States had far surpassed the tonnage of gold that even the British Empire had. And so we've been on top ever since. So uh, California has been leading that one and we will lead the way out with new California now at this time. Well, I really hope that does work. I think that California being so messed up needs, oh, a, yeah. I mean, they need some, it really needs a, a re kick in the butt. Okay, Dave, you are in another state that is reeling. You guys are in a civil war over there as well. Uh, very public. What is going on there in Arizona? Let me ask that question last, because there's two points here. Um, I've got some clarity to the uh, voting machine issue in Arizona. And I went and pulled up some research. There was previous legislation way back when that Hobbs vetoed that would have done away with the voting machines. She said, no, we're not doing that. And she vetoed it. Now they passed it again. And they're citing something called plenary powers, P-L-E-N-A-R-Y. And I'll just quote here from this article that quotes Sonny Borelli, claiming that a non-binding resolution overrides state law, an Arizona Republican state senator on Monday, that's Sonny Borelli, declared Arizona counties are barred from using voting machines to count ballots, an assertion that was shut down by election officials, the state attorney general, who's a Democratic communist, and county leaders who are very much on the side of the globalists. But Sonny Borelli goes on to say that these two provisions provide plenary powers, and it says the legislature can change election rules 
and administration whenever they want, however they want, with no checks and balances by the judicial. Can you say this is headed to the Supreme Court? That's what's going to happen here. So that's one thing. The other thing that Paul mentioned was uh, the reason the House and most definitely the Senate will eventually let New California become a state is because of money. I agree. But I think there's another lever there that we need to look at. And it's the lever of what Paul is doing with the affidavit process. He gets, for example, 100 citizens to sign an affidavit alleging criminal wrongdoing, most often in the areas of administration of elections, and it goes to the local sheriff of the county. Some of these people who know they're guilty of sin, they know that Paul's people have the evidence, they resign in lieu of submitting to the investigation. Paul, did I describe that second part accurately? Yeah, pretty much. Okay, that's now to answer your question, Sarah, this is what we want to bring to Arizona. I'm kicking this off. Uh, we're recording this on Wednesday afternoon. And Sarah, you're going to have to send me a copy of this because we're I wasn't able to get this to work on the second sweep. But uh, tonight, I'm speaking to the Tea Party. And I'm kicking this off. Informally, of course, I don't have any details. And Paul has well-trained advocates that have now moved to Arizona that I'm waiting to be linked up to them. But I'm announcing the intention. I'm going to be talking a lot about what Paul is doing in California that's working. And the leverage will be this. In Arizona, they're dug in. They're dug in just as strong, if not more so, than California. But here's the thing. When these affidavits come down, and now we have a blueprint called the Brager Report that links key judges, politicians, and county and state officials as being linked to Sinaloa cartel money laundering operations. And they don't want the exposure. They took Liz Harris, who, who did not approve the meeting, did not approve the guests that presented the Brager Report. They booted her out and they let Wendy Rogers run the meeting. Nothing happened to her. The Speaker of the House, Ben Toma, who had to give his approval for this joint House-Senate hearing, uh, he had to give approval along with the Senate president, but they just kicked Liz out because Liz is known as a, uh, an election reformer and identifies criminality. Now, here's where this all comes down to earth. They don't want the heat from the Breger report, and they had to kill it right here by kicking Liz out on bogus grounds. The thing is, is they can't kick us out of anything. And this is what we're going to go after. I'm going to use the Brager report in part, not the only thing we're going to do, as the means for going after politicians that are mentioned in this report. And I want to say this, this is not a fishing expedition. The Brager report is 120,000 pages of information with over 20,000 affidavits. And there are prominent Arizona politicians and judges that are specifically mentioned along with the dollar amounts. And I want to digress just for one more second. I have lived the Breger report. Key Arizona state senator, okay, selling plots of land in Yavapai County for, and I'll just make up a number that's close, twenty thousand uh, dollars. But she's, uh, what they wanted to sell it for about uh, half a million, and this happened more than once. A realtor who I used to speak to her group of four to five hundred people. Uh, went and pulled the financials and they knew we were sharing and we were beginning to talk about it when she returned home and, and she was the victim of an assassination attempt in which her boyfriend was shot in the head. 
Now the county prosecutors are covering it up. These are the same county prosecutors that let Hunter Biden at the Yavapai airport caught with crack cocaine paraphernalia in his car walk and they didn't charge him. Now they're not going to let this assassin off entirely. They're going after a weapons misuse violation, but it isn't the attempted first degree murder that the Chino Valley police wanted to charge the guy with. And this is where this occurred. That's a suburb of Prescott. So when we take a look at all these things here, what do we know? That the Sinaloas are involved in the state recreational marijuana uh, movement in, in uh, Arizona. And that, uh, let's put it this way, they have friends in the legislature, both past and present. And when this money laundering was going to be revealed by this realtor named Mona Patton, when this was going to come out, they tried to take her out. And how far up this goes with the representatives and the legislature involved, I do not know. But I'm telling you, right in the same time frame when we were getting this information is when this attempted assassination took place. So, by the way, people say this didn't happen. Yeah, it's public record, folks. It's in the Yavapai County Courts. And not only that, uh, Mona's boyfriend kept his consciousness long enough to pull out his gun and shoot the assailant twice. So he had to go to the hospital too. This is all public record. People, people at the Capitol are trying to deny this even happened. And let's put it this way. This action led to people not rerunning for election because they didn't want exposure. And what I'm talking about with Paul, the affidavit process brings exposure. This brought exposure. So when they say the Breger report's not real, I lived this report. I went through it with Mona step-by-step. When I showed up to her group to speak, a county deputy were there, three of them, and they walked up to me and said, Mr. Hodges, we're here to protect you. Anything happens, get on the ground below the podium. I go, what the hell did I just walk into? I didn't know any of this had happened. The assassination happened about a week before I spoke up at Prescott to a group of 500 people. And what was really interesting about this is after we were done, we walked a block and had lunch. And it was a member who now is termed out of the, the Arizona legislature, some people in the Republican Party in Yavapai County who are not on board with the uniparty concept. And I got the whole download from this. This was Brager Report material that validates. And I want to say this too. John Thaler, who did the Brager Report, does RICO investigations for the federal government. So this wasn't a conspiracy theory action. This was a trained investigator. Now, out of respect for John's privacy, I'm not going to get into how he got involved in this, but I believe every word that's in that report. So, Paul, I think in addition to you bringing financial pressure, they don't want this stuff to come to light. They don't want to be linked into the Brager report. They don't want to face the affidavit process. And in Arizona, we have a beautiful blueprint to start from. You know, the Breger Report isn't just Arizona, right? Can you explain what the Breger Report it's is? It's 26 states. And John Thaler's attorney, Rico attorney for the federal government, or worked as a contract lawyer for the federal government. He came across this. And like I said, out of respect for his privacy, I'm not going to get into the hows, whys, and whos. But let's just say he got firsthand information and he started researching and it was like, OMG. See, this oh, plot set up. Let's say, set well, hold up, on a second. Get, tell the listeners what the Breger Report is. It's 26 states, and what was the point of it? The point is, is the Sinaloas, on behalf of the Chinese government, have moved into 26 states, and for many, many years, they have set up fake mortgage companies, 
with fake signatories that's been validated by handwriting experts, and they have overpriced real estate, like like what I said happened in Yavapai County and Prescott, and then they skim the money off, and they use it to go towards lawyers running for judges that they can later control so there's never a successful election fraud case. It goes for key members of the Arizona legislature. It goes for people in state government. In fact, to show you how far the corruption goes, Paul knows this better than I do, that Adrian Fontes, our secretary of state, who's sitting there illegitimately with voter fraud, Adrian Fontes represented the cartel members who killed border agent Brian Terry that exposed the Fast and Furious scandal. So, I mean, this is how criminal Arizona is, but this is also in 26 states. But Sarah, I have to tell you, I honed in on what I could relate to and reasonably research. I did not look at the other states. I've looked at it cursory uh, presentation. I've gone through, you know, some things in Fulton County and Atlanta, but I haven't spent the depth and time that I have on Arizona is Arizona is where I can control and where I can find evidence. It's where you because live. I, you live yeah, in- Yeah, it's where I have Copa the contacts. Now, how does Carrie Lake come into this, <laughs> what you guys are doing? Carrie Lake had a press conference yesterday. And uh, my wife had surgery yesterday. So I'm sitting in the recovery room and she's in and out of consciousness. So I decided I'll put in the earbud and I'll listen to the to the press conference on my phone. And uh, she went after the cartel associations of the Secretary of State, Adrian Fontes, who Paul knows his background better than I do. Uh, but he's he should not be in elected office at all, both from an integrity standpoint, a moral standpoint, and a legal standpoint. Uh, but Kerry went on to refer to his cartel connections. She referred to cartel connections throughout the state government. And then the media went after the Mockingbird media start saying, are you saying the governor's uh, on the take for the cartels and, and all these questions? And she said, I'm only going to say what I know is true. And what I've said about Adrian Fontes is true. She wouldn't go after Katie Hobbs. But I will tell you this, in the Breger report, it says Katie Hobbs was paid $500,000 from these skimming operations. That's what it says in the report. That's a big deal. That, should, that right there yeah. should be <laughs> investigated um, for criminal activity right there. Well, Carrie proved her case. In all her trials, she's proven her case. She has it, she keeps getting the same judge, the judge on appeal. The judge returned the case to himself. Is the judge in the Breger report? I don't know. That would um, be an interesting name. It's to on find. my I, I have 27 things that I need to research. And that that's should on, be on that's the top of my, it. That's near the top. That's near the uh, Hobbs connection is right there but i gotta tell you hobbs is so ineffective as a leader if she were an athletic coach she couldn't coach her shoes into the closet she's a complete utter my wife calls her the valley girl of the 90s and that's how she comes across low iq refused to debate couldn't debate can't carry a conversation uh, i mean i don't know how she got through high school she seems so illiterate but She's a yes person. Well, Pennsylvania do... has, what is the guy that has the brain damage? Fetterman. Fetterman. I mean, they'll vote for anybody. I mean, it's, I don't know if they'll vote for them. They'll fix it for anybody. Well, I got to tell you, Paul has sources that sometimes I sit back and go, holy crap, Paul, how did you get that? And, I, and I'm pretty good at researching. I'm pretty good at pulling things out. And sometimes Paul says things to me that I just go, holy crap, I might've looked for a thousand years and not found that. But Paul, based on what I'm saying right here, 
about we may have leverage with corruption based on your model for affidavit, as well as the financial cost for them dealing with us could be two powerful motivators for letting us out of their respective states. Well, let me ask uh, you, do Paul. You, yeah. Do you think I, well, yeah. let me ask Paul this real quick. Go ahead. Do you think I've represented this uh, properly? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And Vaccinated or not, toxic spike proteins pose a long-term threat to your health. The top doctors at the Wellness Company have introduced a revolutionary spike support formula that is the only product that contains ingredients that block and dissolve spike proteins inside your body. The powerful formula has been shown to dissolve spike proteins and blood clots, and it works to help your body repair from other potential damage. This amazing formula is also much less expensive than buying each ingredient separately. That's because the wellness company puts you and your needs first. Use the link below or go to sarahwestall.com under shop to buy your daily spike support. It's time to protect you and your family against the effects of COVID, vaccines, and shedding. Again, use the link below or buy at sarahwestall.com under shop. You know, the uh, the idea of what uh, these declarations and affidavits is all about is, um, you know, in the First Amendment, you have five elements or five uh, constitutional rights. The first one is freedom of religion. Second is speech, the third one is the press, and the fourth one is assembly, and the fifth one is the right to peace to, to grieve your government. And there's really two varieties of grieving. One is the out and about and stand in the, the, the city square and, and uh, read your grievance. The other one is a personal grievance, and that's the declaration or affidavit, as we call it. It's a sworn statement um, that what you're telling is the truth, and it's a complaint, a personal complaint against personal politicians or people in government. Uh, so they really get the attention and we require that if we're going to file any declarations or affidavits, you have to have, have a, million, a minimum of 100 people file them. Yeah. Yeah. So what you end up doing is if they don't follow the rules and give you a response, you take it into the sheriff so that the sheriff can determine whether or not uh, there is, it's actionable and it reaches levels of, of um, beyond reasonable suspicion, but probable cause. And once there, they'll they'll act on it. So what we've done is uh, every time a, a politician has done something out of the line and and uh, misrepresented or whatever broke the law, with, uh, people have uh, taken these uh, declarations, gone out and gotten a hundred of them signed with the charges on them. It's a it's a very sophisticated form. Um, it's written by our attorney, uh, who was a prosecutor for 24 years uh, in Southern California and also in Northern California. He knows the ropes on how to do things, to, to write affidavits. And um, we present the person with those affidavits and ask for a written response. And being a public official, they have to either give us a written response or we take it and charge them by going to the sheriff. Most of the sheriffs don't necessarily know how that works. You have to kind of teach them. But once they figure it out, um, it's quite eye-opening because, as an example, we've presented these declarations to an individual uh, say county clerk recorders in the state of California. And what we've done is presented two varieties. One is a, a general declaration uh, that says that they haven't been following their oath of office. The other one is a specific one with specific violations of law. And uh, we've been quite successful. We've had on three occasions, uh, county clerk recorders, once they've gotten them, they read them, they've resigned in three days. Um, yeah. uh, this is, these are just straight resignations. The other ones, we have as many as 18 total, and they've resigned or they've stepped aside or retired and <laughs> just decided not to run again. 
but they all got them. It's just really kind of funny. And since they all got them, they're not returning back to the party after this last re-election. Same with uh, many school board members. We had uh, uh, three of one school uh, board uh, just up and resigned once we presented them. They were doing it that day, actually. And that's in Calaveras County we did that. Um, but we've had many, many others all throughout the state. So it's really having an effect totally, I think, on the morale and everything else uh, that's associated with county government. And yeah, now let me ask you, the state. Go ahead, sir. Well, I want to talk about Brunson Brothers. You brought them up. Uh, so I wanted to ask about what your association is with them and how you're working with them. I know that they have a lawsuit against three judges, the Supreme Court judges, for for various reasons and but they haven't gotten anywhere in the supreme court not that their case isn't valid but they haven't and we know a lot of courts a lot of people haven't gotten anywhere in the courts what are your thoughts on the brunson brothers cases that they've been bringing up against the supreme court well uh they bring up some very very good things and you know i talked about this this morning on my show in fact i have right here this is the actual copy um this is my copy because i'm named on the on it, you can see that and this is actually what the, the Supreme Court justices have in hand uh, right now, and they're going to consider the court. Um, but we have some specific reasons because one, we first filed a, a, a case against Gavin Newsom and uh, Alex Padilla in uh, December of 2020 because of the voter fraud situation. Uh, we determined that all the ballots that were submitted and in the 2020 election uh, were done so illegally improperly and should never have been cast or counted. That's the actual language right from the election code. Uh, yet they proceeded with it, not knowing, no, not one county clerk recorder bothered reading um, all any one of those ballots and they didn't recognize that it was illegal. Um, and of course, this is the first time we've ever done mail-in ballots in whole. And anyway, the, to make a long story short, we sued. Uh, once we found that out, and this was, was right after the election, uh, the court failed, uh, the court here failed to move the case forward. And they said so deliberately until after January 6th when everything was all settled up. Well, in that time period, we had a chance to have discovery against the state of California. And we found a, a number of different things that happened. Uh, like number one, uh, Alex Padilla, who is a secretary of state, never signed the official certification of the election of California in 2020, which is that certification wasn't there, you don't get the 55 electoral votes. Why did he not sign what, it? What, what was the deal with I'll, that? I'll tell you, because he's lying <laughs> and he's a good lawyer. He uh, don't want to go to prison. He doesn't want to go to prison. And, the, and that's exactly where he'll go. He won't even, once we get this into court, and if he had signed it, knowing what he knows about the election fraud, which we know exactly what he knows, uh, he would go to court if he signed it because it's fraud. So he decided, I'm not going to sign that. I'm not going to go uh, be accused of being a liar. And, but then uh, he's not doing, isn't there other issues with him not doing his job? Not I mean, there's. Oh, there's no, some... no, Sarah, listen, this is a totalitarian takeover. No, I know. This but is, I mean, if you went to court, doing... he could say, well, I didn't sign it. Yeah, but then why are you in your job? Why didn't you like well, resign? There... Go... Alex Padilla, like Javier Becerra, like Gavin Newsom, like Rob Bonta, like Shirley Weber, all the state officials are here for one reason. They're elected, they're groomed to be in these offices to destroy the constitutional nature of California and to, just, to take over the country. 
That's why they're here. There, there's no specific, no, no ifs, ands, or buts about what's right or wrong. They have their own determination of what's right and wrong. Do you see them as communists or globalists? Oh, I know clearly. that the global, the globalists. Here's a, here's a distinction because I think that the globalists like the com. They're not communists. They're globalists. They're technocrats, but they like the communists because it gives them more power, and so they don't care. It's well, they're all they're all aligned. This is the, the the core nugget of what you have is you have the Catholic Church. And you have the globalists, which are technocrats, or, and not just technocrats, but they're a mix of communists and, and Nazis, social, national socialists. And so, you know, as an example, communists and national socialists are two sides of the same coin. And uh, that's what we have here. But now Rob Bonta, as an example, he's a known communist. His family is a known communist from Subic Bay in the Philippines. We just had Trevor Howard, um, Trevor uh, Loudon out at our convention, and he just went on about uh, 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 Rob Bonta and, and, of course, Alex Padilla and Javier Becerra. Um, these are all known communist operatives and have been for a long time. They have a whole history, just like we have a number of them in our in our um, assembly and Senate that have a long history of communist associations, just like we have in the California uh, or in the U.S. Senate and the House of Representatives. So, to say that he's not a communist and he's not adversarial, that's not true. He is very much a communist and adversarial to this country. And their goal has been stated many, many times. They want to overthrow this country, and that's exactly what they're doing. So he does not want to go to jail because potentially he will go to jail if he had signed that, because this is the reason why. We know that with a whole lot of evidence behind this, that Donald Trump won California 15 million, uh, eight, 800,000 votes to Joe Biden's 4,600,000 votes. Now, in order, there's only one way that they could have achieved this. Now, we we're watching everything on, you know, from the election, uh, the whole 29 days up to the voting day and the 20 some days after that and the counting days before they signed off on this thing to send them off to the um, to certify the vote and get the 55 electoral votes to to uh, Joe Biden. But when we were watching this, we understood the numbers and we understood they had to do something really dramatic in order to get that signature on at least one signature, the governor's signature on certification. They had to actually flip the vote. So they did. They flipped about six million votes and gave it to Joe Biden. That's how he won the election. And that's what uh, uh, that's what uh, Javier or excuse me, Alex Padilla understands. He knows they flipped the votes. We know he, he flipped the votes. And we had further investigations to, to prove that in which actually um, Dominion was caught red-handed by Mark Cook and the county clerk recorder coming into the county offices um, in uh, Sacramento, California, and actually backfilling votes and ballots, making ballots and backfilling them, putting them in the stock, you know, of, of ballot. And, you know, the thing is, we know we caught them because they were actually using the the machines are you ready for this on december 15th 2020 they were actually printing new ballots they have we caught them with a pallet of ballots um the whole nine yards uh this is not uh, disputable it's irrefutable we, we caught them did and, you go to court um, you know, is the, and the courts are so controlled and corrupted that it's like nobody can get past that i mean ob they're obviously blackmailed or controlled or something but did right. you go to court with that 
we we are in court right now uh, in a court in a case that's aligned to it. Uh, the best thing that we can we're able to do right now at this point in time is align ourselves to the evidence, and we think that's going to be very explosive. But we have an active case. And I can't discuss it, uh, but it will bring in this evidence. Uh, but this is something that was actually um, looked at by the, the Sacramento grand jury, and the grand jury was has been shut up. That's a lot of mystery about this. Uh, this county clerk recorder and one of the assistants that worked in the office for 20-some years went down to San Joaquin County just before the 2020, uh, just before the 2022 election. Now, she had been working in Sacramento for 20-some years. She saw everything with Dominion and all the electronic machines. And you know what? The day be- the Saturday before the election, she suddenly died. Oh. And the replacement, Courtney um, Cornejo, who was the county clerk recorder in in Sacramento, she suddenly turns up missing. <laughs> we can't find her. She's missing. Now, listen, this isn't the Clintons. You know, this is this is Gavin Newsom. This is Javier Becerra. This is Bonta. This this is all of them together trying to protect. Yeah, but aren't, aren't they metro-related? Aren't they Metro related, which takes them into the cartel? They're they're all cartel related and there you go. Uh, communist related. Yeah, I mean California is really rich with Chinese communists. And- Some people think that Gavin Newsom is being prepped to be replaced Biden. What do you think of that? Absolutely. Right now, uh, yeah. hold on. He may this may be happening in the next uh, two or three weeks. Absolutely. There's what do you mean in the next that. two to three weeks? You think they they might take out Biden and replace him with Gavin Newsom in the next two. How are they going to do that? Well, I think there's a real probability that he's going to be uh, declared something or another. He'll get ill and uh, all of a sudden you'll have uh, Kamala Harris step into the presidency and then you'll have Gavin Newsom uh, be appointed to be the vice president. That's a real possibility. You're just a few steps away from that one. Yeah, yeah. that could I happen. That's a real, I think that's a possibility. That, 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 that could happen. Too. But right. what about well, yeah, And think, then Gavin Newsom runs for president after that sure you'll run against trump Trump or desantis or whoever wins i i think in the end it's going to be a trump desantis ticket and i think that in the end it'll be uh it'll probably be uh gavin newsom with with somebody else but it'll be gavin newsom you see gavin newsom is really backed up by gordon getty and getty oil so let's face it and you know you have your iranian ties there um, you have to be realistically about realistic because Gordon Getty got most of his oil out of Iran uh, and, of course, in Southern California. So this is this is a, a hotbed of financial activity for him. And uh, so there's a lot of a lot of things at stake with uh, with Gavin Newsom becoming the president. And I think that that's what that I think I'm more settled on that plan right now than ever before. God, he'll be awful. Yeah, sir, I think it's important that. that we go back to the sheriffs for a second. Because this is the leverage we need to force them out of office. And then that gives us leverage to avoid more. They let us out of their respective states. Now, uh, Sheriff Mack could play a real key role in this. He and I have discussed this. uh, And I need to put to bed something that's out there. He embezzled money from frontline doctors. Never been charged. Never accused. It's fake rumors from Joey Gilbert and the other board members that have overpaid themselves. This is what I'm getting from people. And that uh, Sheriff Mack is now realigned with Simone Gold because 
she allegedly has seen the light, realized that she was taken down the primrose path. And I don't mean to put words in her mouth, but this is where this is going. Okay, so Sheriff Mack is a quality person. Let me just tell you where this could come into play. What does Sheriff Mack do with the CSPOA? He travels around the country and teaches sheriffs how to stand up to illegitimate state and federal authority by using their power as sheriff. Key person to have on your side to bring this process to Arizona. And he lives in Arizona. So I think that I'm hopeful that this is going to happen. And I'm going to tell you, by the time I'm done speaking to the Tea Party tonight, and I know many of the key people, um, we're going to have so many people on board with this. They could Don Bowles me, blow up my car because I'm investigating, you know, corrupt politicians like what happened to Don Bowles. If Paul and I were taken out, this movement does not stop now. Mm -hmm. It's gone beyond us. Paul, do you agree with that? Yeah, I do. And I, I wanted to touch base about the sheriffs and and, and their roles. Uh, one of the things we've discovered, of course, the sheriffs have not known what the role is. And we've been doing a lot of training and we work very carefully and very closely with a number of sheriffs um, around the state. And we're very pleased. Uh, they're, they're happy. We're supporting them. Um, one of the sheriffs has really uh, done an exemplary job. See, when we do these declarations, and these affidavits, and they don't respond to them. We take, we package it up, and we put it together. What's called a charging sheet, and we deliver it to the sheriff, so the sheriff can look through it and say, "Well, there's a, there's a crime here, there's a crime here, a crime here." So uh, we've triggered probably about 15 or 16, I think, um, criminal investigations into uh, government officials out here in California. Um, several significant ones in which we have really, really active, there's about six of them. One of them I can mention right now, and I'll just tell you what happened, and that was Riverside County. Um, we submitted several uh, declarations, over 100, some to the county clerk recorder. That triggered an investigation in Riverside County. And by the 2022 election, um, we had explained, and, 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 and our staff down there in New California had talked to the sheriff and, and explained what it was about, how the machines worked, well, they brought in their IT people and technicians, and during the 2022 election, they actually monitored and watched the action of Dominion changing votes electronically by way of their machines. This is documented. Now, that's a problem. I think that Polis understood this, and that's one of the reasons why he's backing away from Dominion right now. But that's a that's actually been uh, documented. That was the Sheriff, the Sheriff uh, Chad Bianco, Riverside County, that has yet to really kind of come out. We've announced it last week, and of course, um, well, we, actually a couple of weeks ago. It's just a lot of people in denial about it, but it's a fact. We've actually caught him in, in the act of doing it. With that in mind, with you, I mean, with the facts coming out that this was all fixed and Dominion reporting has something was involved, and then there's this Fox News settlement. What do you think of the Fox News settlement with well, the it, knowledge of the facts that you have? Well, we called it out right away. It's a Blackstone. They just, they're just, it, this is what they had to do. Um, in the 2020 election, and prior to the 2020 election, Zoe Lofgren, who's a member of the House of Representatives from the Bay Area, called together um, a committee on the elections, and this was in the House, and it was in January. Polis was there as all of the other major players, and they basically they were there to get their act together and reassure Zoe Lofgren and her Democratic friends that the fix would be in. 
And they, the, as a result of that, uh, the manufacturers of these machines walked out of Congress with $1.2 billion, which was the surety money they needed to make sure the fix would work. Well, um, there's a different Congress now. And in 2024, they face a Republican Congress, and they're not going to get that money from Congress. But you know what? We could just sue our buddy, Fox News, who's, you know, got all the money in the world, right? Well, so does Blackstone. And guess who owns Fox? Blackstone. Guess who owns Dominion? Blackstone. So it's just a change of money among friends. And uh, this whole thing is a charade. It, the problem that Polis has, here is the problem that Polis has. That's New California. Because New California was actively looking into kicking them out of the counties here in California. And we did that in Shasta County, California. After the 2020 election, we started conducting field hearings. The first two were in Shasta County. And we got all the information we needed to show it's a fraud. And we worked diligently. Ultimately, we got one of their county supervisors recalled. We got them replaced with a person we wanted. We got two other county supervisors re, uh, elected that we wanted. And guess what? They voted Dominion out. Not only did they vote Dominion out, but now this discovery in the last several weeks that, that Chad Bianco in Riverside County saw it actually happening, and they documented it. So this is moving on to the criminal phase. I think Paulus knows this, and that's why Paulus, who's come up short, he doesn't have the money to finance the election like he was capable of doing to commit the fraud in the first place in 2020. Um, he doesn't have that kind of money. Plus, there's a big clause in all the contracts in all the counties that they serve. They, it says that if they fail to run their machines, they have to give back all their money to the county that they that they expended to purchase the Dominion machines. All of it. So that's where they're bankrupt. That's why they're talking bankruptcy. Yeah, they're talking. I'm hearing that. So basically... Uh, people are on top of this and they're not, they're thinking that 2024 won't be another 2020. That's what you're hearing. Well, um, yeah, we'll it, see. It I mean, they, the, you know, Carrie Lakes was another 2020. So. Yeah. I, um, I think she needs new attorneys. That's my opinion. I think that the, my, I, I totally agree with that. She goes on shows judge. that are highly questionable and she ignores millions I mean, she's not gone on John B. Wells, 200 stations, hasn't been on Paul's show, hasn't been on my show, hasn't been on Hagman, hasn't been on yours, Sarah, but she goes on clown shows. I'm not going to mention her by name, but if I told you off the air where she's appeared, you'd roll your eyes. She's being directed poorly, very poorly. Paul, I know you agree with that, too. Well, she's a class act, and I think that and she especially is. With the attorneys, she's great. Um, yeah, I, I, I was very disappointed. Um, of course, they got the same judge, same, and of course, that would be what the Supreme, their, their court wanted, they, the higher court wanted. Uh, but well, they the didn't attorney, even apply for a, a different judge, Paul. How, how, do yeah, you keep, well, how do you get the same judges ruled against you the first time and expect an appeal to be any different? It, it's just like, well, who was the grand jury judge? The same in New York that uh, indicted Trump, okay? It was the same judge who's now the trial judge. So much for the pool when you rotate and choose randomly. It's a bunch of BS. Well, here, here's the thing that is the convincer is if you know you're going to get the same judge again, don't you think you might want to change up your style and really kind of use the evidence in an appropriate way um, and really lead and direct witnesses in a proper fashion? I didn't see that. 
And I, I was really kind of appalled. They just used the same old information, the same old way with the same judge. Um, it's called insanity if you expect something different from the same guy. And I, yeah. you know, the well, judge would, I, you it, have to change it, it something. Have to different. You have to, you change, have to change the judge or your stuff. I can tell you why. I can tell you why the lawyers are the same. This is my opinion, but I think I'm right. These lawyers who are, I think, doing a piss poor job of representing her, I, these lawyers will emerge from this and these failed hearings as controlled opposition lawyers, and they'll benefit by working with the Uniparty. And see, we bring in all sides. They represented Carrie Lake, and they're really like Fox News, controlled opposition. Right. That's really what it is. I, I mean, there's a, you know, my, my attorney, I, I can't really speak for him, but, you know, we have conversations, and it's kind of like, why are you doing this? And I'm not an attorney. I, I've done pro se with stuff for myself, but um, and I'm not a trial attorney, but I, I can see well enough that their their style is not wanting. It, it's wanting. It does, does not need to be applied in the situation that it is. And um, I would have fired them myself uh, because mm -hmm. it, I just think that they re very poorly represented Carrie Lake. And she's a national asset. And she you know, I, I'm, she, I don't want her to be damaged goods. And they're doing that. And I think that that's wrong. I think she, they were afraid of her because I think she has a charisma that could have taken her all the way. I mean, she's like a DeSantis type there. level charisma. Ab absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. yeah, that's too bad. Well, well, she's not done. This was her first no. runaround. Hopefully she'll keep going at it because I think um, well, they can clean we, some of this up. We, we just, if, as supporters, we need to support just her, <laughs> you know, and not the people around her per se, because I, I know that there are some really, really, really good people around her, and those yes. people are really, really concerned about her and what she's doing. And uh, so we're, you know, we're we're working around that. Uh, we we have some conversations with some people, and I think it's you know, hopefully it gets to her. Paul Carrie Lake said something really interesting about two months ago. I was watching a report, and the pool reporters were there just bashing her, and she said, "You know, I was offered." millions of dollars to get out of politics. Doesn't that kind of fit in with the Breger report? Same thing, yeah. same thing. Yeah. She's a generational candidate. She has a few good people around her and they spoke at the press conference and I said, I'm on board with them, them and them. But I have to tell you, I just want these guys who represent her legally in court, I'm gonna stay away from the majority of insults, but I'm watching the first trial. And we've all said the same thing. I talked to the Tea Party people yesterday, the manager. We compared notes on the first trial. And we're saying, why didn't they ask this? Why didn't they do this? Why yeah. didn't they object to that? And why didn't they ask for a different judge in this latest trial? It's just crazy that the, the same judge gets to make the same ruling twice. Yeah, that's just, yeah. that's not an appeal. Okay, guys, we could go on forever because there's so much to talk about, but I want to ask you both, where are we at? Like, how much time do we have? I think, you know, we have this reset. It's it's coming. The economic situation is coming. When is that going to happen? And how much time do we have for this country? And then I want you each to give people, listeners, some words of advice on what best they can do because people don't know what to do. Well, you know, we have... Um... We have an active situation in New California, and we're preparing for um, a number of different things. And I can, you know, tell your audience that a New California state as a government organization is coming into its own, and uh, it, the collapse of California state is here. It's already happened, and it's happening. 
Um, it's hard to kind of see it, but everybody can realize that the governance system is completely collapsed. It's non-functional. Uh, but as well, as we go through time here, there's going to be some very bad financial news for everybody. We're going to have to really uh, get into a lot of prepping, getting into a lot of communications gathering, make sure you, we use satellite systems uh, throughout the, the new, new state of California. Um, make sure you're able to take care of your family. The other part of it is that this, uh, you know, we're really concerned with uh, the, the marauders, and uh, we think that there's going to be a first wave of the fifth column that's going to come forward as marauders, and that those marauders, I think, are already here, obviously, and we're hearing more and more reports of, of uh, military-aged men that are coming across about the, the border. Most recent one is, of course, Texas Pass we're hearing about. Um, these are of grave concern, but it also indicates to us when we're hearing these things that really the federal government has failed us completely. No That's longer right. do we have the protections of freedom from invasion and freedom from domestic violence. And certainly we don't have a Republican form of government anymore. It's all one-sided. So um, we have justification at this point in time to pull together as we the people movements like we're doing in New California. We're the only we the people movement in the nation right now. But, you know, I think we're going to have to have a renaissance where the we the people movement throughout this nation is going to have to say, wait a minute, we want freedom from invasion. We want freedom from domestic violence. And we sure want a Republican form of government. So we need to rise up. I think people need to stop listening to these talking heads in their little caravans of, you know, going out and preaching and telling us what to do and how to do it. And then they don't do anything and they don't offer any solutions. We offer a solution, like in the case of New Arizona, a process by which government can be restored. And we're going to do that. But I think the preppers have the day here. I would say that it's time to really look at your neighbors and talk to your neighbors, get, get your neighborhoods together and be ready for really some, I think, for some uproarious, unfortunately, um, kinetic times ahead. Your turn, Dave. Sarah, I would say this. Uh, first of all, uh, train, prep, and pray, because hard days are ahead. And I would say this. There's a benchmark for me. This is what I'm going to communicate in my Tea Party presentation. We talked, Sarah, you and I talked this morning about uh, Bennett's laws coming forward, bills coming forward to become law to take away freedom of speech on That's the internet. That's right. When they do that, you know, it's just almost like the town hall meeting of 1776. When they meet, the British are saying, this is what you can say and only what you can say. And that's what effectively they're doing uh, with these bills that will become laws. And when they do that, ladies and gentlemen, listen to me. Listen to me. We are done following their rules. We should be done paying their taxes. We should be done with any kind of cooperation with this government. And we'll just see where the course takes us. And the reason I say we have to start with civil disobedience, because if we have to rise up and defend ourselves against tyranny, like Thomas Jefferson said we'd have to do every 20 years, we need time for the military to make a decision. We don't want to rise up right away because the military will follow orders and have a snap reaction against the public. But if we prolong this with just straight civil disobedience and we're not following your damn rules, the military gets time to get educated. And I'll say this as a concluding remark. I've had conversations with three people who know, and they all tell me the same story. There are individual military leaders 
some base commanders, some division commanders who are making decisions to defend this country outside of what Biden tells them to do when the time is right. Paul, I just want to ask you, have you heard that too? Because I'm getting this consistently. Yeah, I've heard it from uh, law enforcement and military. Yeah. So to me, if they take away our freedom of speech, which is a prerequisite to fair elections, if they take away your freedom of speech, the game's over. Freedom of speech has to stay. That's why I did my, yeah, I, we exactly have to keep that. Hey, where can they follow you, Dave? The commonsenseshow.com. And we publish our podcasts and radio shows at the bottom of that page. And we put a lot of our videos up from YouTube, which I use as 101 primer courses. And we have a TV show called the commonsenseshow.tv. And how about you, Paul? Well, we're on uh, a21r.com. That's for agenda21radio.news, a21r.com. And uh, we're on 6 to 9 every day, five days a week on Red State Talk Radio. We're also on Rumble, and we're also on Facebook, and we're also on Odyssey. And, um, uh, what is it? CloudHub. CloudHub is really a, a really good one. So we have those venues for television as well. And then every Saturday, we do a live show out of Northern California, uh, KMIC 1410 AM. It's a talk monster for Northern California. And uh, we're, we do a, we do a lot of radio. There's no question about it. But also go to newcaliforniastate.com. And if you go to newcaliforniastate.com, you'll be able to listen in on our, our Sunday calls at 7 o'clock every Sunday Pacific. We open up the lines and we have an open conference call about new statehood and about what's going on with New California. Tonight on Wednesday, we do it on Wednesday night as well at 7 o'clock Pacific, go to the website, newcaliforniastate.com, newcaliforniastate.com, and you can uh, reach us there and click on that, and you'll get right into the Zoom call at 7 o'clock and hear all the latest. Uh, we give you all the information, the good, bad, and the ugly about what's going on. But I'll, I'll tell you, statehood is on the rise for us. We can see it now. Um, and the circumstances are ugly. But unfortunately, you know, birthing a child can be pretty ugly, too, until you see it smile at you. <laughs> it's pretty painful, <laughs> that's for sure. Well, thank you so, <laughs> thank you so much for uh, joining me today. Thank you. You're welcome.